Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey No Chill Prano. What's up, Andy? What goes on in Cali right now, man? What's up? Oh, you know, it's good to be back. Um, I forget what the, what the hell day did I get back last Wednesday? I don't know. It's just been, you know, it's been a little, it's been a half a week of settling in, getting back into the, uh, getting back into the old groove. You know, swam yesterday, got a stretch the other day, golfing today. Just, you know, just getting back. Got some good Mexican food last night. Like You need, you need a little Madonna. We'll get into the groove. Get into the groove. Yeah. Confession. I've been I've been rocking some Madonna in the car lately. <laughs> I, mean, I don't need like, <laughs> your life, bro. Dude, Madonna's dude. I've always been low key. Big I mean, Madonna that, fan. no, Madonna's great, sure, but like, uh, first of all, uh, I don't think I've got any Madonna on my like in my like song library. You know, um, th- does some come up occasionally when I create a station from another pop artist? Sure. Uh, do I turn off a good Madonna song when I hear it on the radio? Absolutely not. <laughs> but I'm not. Well, no, I'm the same way. I like between roller coasters and chili being like, guys, like a prayer. Well, it was the same thing. It popped up on my Spotify. And next thing you know, I'm listening to Immaculate Conception and all those songs, which that was like a first greatest hits, which was probably 2000, 2005. I don't even remember when she put that out, but I was like, man, Madonna was the shit, dude. She's old now. Yeah. How old do you think Madonna is? Let's see if we can oh, guess. I mean, so I'm gonna, let's I'm going to guess in, 65 in. No, I'm going to say, let's see. Hold on. Let's think about this. For like, yeah, you're probably in there. 63, 62, 62. She'll be 63 next week. Yeah, you're right. I was fucking up the math at first, but yeah, because you think about it, like she kind of came on the scene mid 80s and she was young 20s. Yeah. Early 80s, man. Yeah. 83, 84, right? Yeah. Her daughter's looking good. Is she legal? I don't want to say something that's going to make me canceled. Right? I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I have no idea. How, how old is she? I have no clue. Didn't Madonna feel, want to feel old? Madonna's daughter's 31. She's 24. Okay. You're safe, Andy. I am safe for now. They'll get you. They'll get you eventually. They're always creeping around the corner. They're like that groundhog. They're just, just lurking. I did see a dead raccoon. Just mm-hmm. like, just like when I went for my run this morning, just like laying like this with his tongue out all bloody. Not gonna lie, there was a part of me as I ran by. It was like, "Good, you guys are a me- you guys are a menace to society." 
stopped, took a selfie, gave it the finger. No, I didn't do that. So that's my life, Joe. Yeah. Great. When you run, do you like, do you run like out your door? Today I did. Depends. Sometimes there's a lot of actually good trails around here that I've been hitting up. Um, but today, today I did. I've been, I've been battling a little, little, little back issues again. I dude, I get them every six months, every like bad. I just fight roller coasters. No, it's, it's TMS, but I, I fight through it. Like, like Sarno always says, and I always feel better. Are you, are you just, are you just like dropping that roller coaster nut? Cause you want to hear about my Friday. I, I mean, no, just, you know, you're a, you're a nearly 40 year old man who's getting rocked around on roller coasters regularly. Maybe you, maybe you finally are actually hurting your back. Well, I just want to say that I should be mayor of Cincinnati after the triple header or triple crown, whatever you want to call it, that I completed on Friday, a feat that I assume not many Cincinnatians have done within a 24 hour, actually a 12 hour period. I did Kings Island, a Reds game and finished it off with skyline chili. Oh, you went chili at the end. Yeah. Just a little nightcap. A little nightcap. What time is fucking skyline open till midnight? The one near me. Wow. Yeah. For those late night chili runs. Oh yeah. They, they get, they get the drunks or the stoners like me. Now, when I worked there, it used to be up until three on the weekend. Wow. So did, did a little Kings Island, my little brother's family on Friday. It was nice, except for my niece had a meltdown. We're, we're, we're concerned about her future Kings Island status. Well, time's running out on this season in Kings Island, right? Yeah. Yeah. But what, what kind of, what'd you, what'd you have a meltdown over? Well, you know, she's nine and she's done the big coasters. We haven't done the biggest one yet. And, I don't know what happened. We went back on the one Diamondback, which is a big one. It's like 230 foot drop. You know, you go 80 miles an hour. Some of the stats for my coaster stat nerds out there. Anyway, I didn't see because they're in front of me. My brother said once she got locked in and it was about to start, she's like, I don't know if I want to do this. And she's already done it. And he's like, dude, you got he's like too late now. And he said it was, it was going up. She's like terrible. He's like holding her hand and, and he's like, this isn't good. She cried the whole way. Like the picture, but she already did it. I know that's what, that's what that's what we're trying to figure out. And not only did she do it, she she enjoyed it. I don't know if because him and I were laughing amongst each other, going, oh, "Here we go again," because we're looking at each other, going, "God, we're doing this again. We're such idiots." And then there was a couple in front of us saying how scared they were. I don't know if that got in her head, but I mean, she was shook. She didn't ride anything the rest of the day. The picture is her bawling that they take. She's bawling. Kind of hilarious. It's pretty funny. My little brother made a really funny joke because she's she's the one who does uh, gymnastics and she's real serious. My little brother goes, dude, she went full Simone Biles. Yeah. Like, like she was a rock star all summer, like Simone Biles, the goat. She was a young girl riding all the coasters and then just had a meltdown. The spinsies kicked in. Yeah. We're we're absolutely positive she wasn't molested between her last two rides. Yeah, we're pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> fucking jackass <laughs> so did king's island mm -hmm. rushed home through traffic okay took a quick shower cutter picked me up get that king's island off you <laughs> oh dude i it was so hot i was stinking up the joint 
Got a quick meal in. My buddy Cutter picked me up. Took me down for a little Reds Pirates Friday night action. How'd the Reds do? They killed them. 10 nothing. They put up six in the first inning. Seven in the first. Reds swept. Pirates are trash. Yeah. But uh, nice little Friday night. Fireworks always on Friday nights. And I'll tell you what. Fireworks on edibles are actually enjoyable. Really enjoyable. You are. Can you just like adopt a kid or something? Because you're already like a 40 something Midwest dad. Yeah, I know. Just adopt a kid. Well, who needs, who needs a woman when you can just take your kid to fireworks and Kings Island and chili runs? Yeah. So after the game, you, you know, should honestly like sign up for the big brother program. I should. I did it for a while. Yeah, I've thought about it. I was, I was, I, I've really been thinking hard. Like, I think I'm ready to have kids like for real. This has been like a, a training period for me. So do the game, do the post game fireworks, walked around. There's an area called the banks where all the bars are open and it's open container. And I was like, dude, we got to get skyline. We got to, we got to finish the night off. Cause there's one right by me. And we went and I crushed four cheese conies and chili cheese fries, which was regrettable, regrettable decision. What are conies? Is the hot, that the hot dog? Yeah, it's the hot dog cheese. You had four hot dogs? Loaded with cheese. If you look at the picture, I posted on Twitter. You had four hot dogs. Full, they're like full-size hot dogs? Yeah, they're small ones. They're small. But, but like. Loaded with cheese and chili and mustard. Four of them. Yeah. I was on two. Dude, I, I ate, dude, again, for me, I ate two five milligram edibles, which is a lot for me. You're insane. It's just a lot for me. You are insane. You are like a, at this point, you're like a, you're like the hip, like a Episcopalian, like minister or something like that. You're like a youth man. You're like, you know, guys, some five milligram edibles. Let's eat some hot dogs. Go to the fucking roller coaster. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're not doing anything bad, but like, you, you're like, yeah, I took some edibles and then I, I housed four hot dogs. That's the thing. I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'm under control. Like I might be under the influence of a little. I disagree. What? Four hot dogs. Well, I was out I was, of control. I was stoned, man. How many hot dogs do you have at the ball game? No, I just had a slice of pizza. Okay. Yeah. Did a nice little walk around. The Reds were just crushing it. I was like, let's do a let's do a walk around the park. Let's let's check it out. But but I was in that stoned mode where I can't really have good conversations. You know, like so Cutter that, just brought you to the ballpark and then you wandered. No, we wandered together. But afterwards, you know, there's Cutter. How's my boy Cutter doing? He's good. You know, he's a uh, he's an avid golfer like yourself. I think he yeah. was, I think he was hitting the links the next day. He recently did. uh is it whistling straights in Wisconsin where the Ryder Cup's going to be? Yeah, that sounds sounds right. Yeah, the Ryder Cup. I think in a in a week or two, he recently played that. He said that was a bucket list. Like it's that good of a course. Yeah. So he's good. I think he. I think he enjoyed. He enjoyed me because I, I'm just dude. When I'm like that, I'm just laughing at everything. Just laughing. I I am. Also, I, I, I swear to God, when I, when I'm on edibles, I feel like I turn into it. Like I have dog hearing. My hearing is. Like I could hear shit across the whole stadium. 
Like I feel like I'm in the CIA or something. You think people in the CIA have exceptional hearing? I don't know. I think they do. But yeah, that was my Friday. I, I completed the triple header. The Cincinnati, triple, Cincinnati header. triple. Now I made that up, whatever the Cincinnati triple header is, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's three since. Well, you know, they call it, they say California, the California double and the California triple uh, California doubles. If you can uh, surf and snowboard or ski in the same day and the California triples, if you can mix in a skate at the same time. Ooh. So I've never even, I, I mean, I've, I've done, it's, it doesn't count. It's not a double. If you skate and surf, that's not a real thing. You know, tons of people skate to the, to the beach, but uh, I've never, I've never accomplished. It. I know Eddie's done it a few times. Eddie's had yeah. a few. I can see him doing that. Well, my Reds have won five in a row. I'm feeling good. They're ten games above 500. Milwaukee finally lost a couple. Must be nice, Sandy. I was, I was going to get to that. You know, Met season's over, dude. There's 50 games left. Met season's over. And it's fine. Like I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'd rather just let it be over. Like I'm obviously I'll keep watching games. I'm going to keep rooting for them. I'm going to, I have hope, you know, I have a glimmer of hope, but the, it's just too many things happening all at once. Plus, you know, the lack of moves at the deadline, like the Baez move. I liked the Baez move as, as a move like judging it as a move, but you lose your best pitcher and the only guy who's been a stopper the whole year and you don't get a starting, you get Rich Hill. That's your starting pitcher. Uh, they, they flashed a stat in the last 50 Mets games, 50. Do you know how many wins our starting pitchers have had? 12. Four. Wow. Four wins by a starting pitcher in 50 games. And, you know, we, there's, there's been a couple of the, the problem with this Mets team is there's been a couple of moments throughout the year, even pr prior to the season starting, where we just didn't get away from the Wilpon era vibes enough. Oh, we can't pay Springer and Conforto. Well, first of all, why not? You're the richest owner in baseball. Now George Springer is on fire and Michael Conforto is hitting under 200. So we, we do, we penny pinch in free agency. We penny pinch at the deadline. Props to this team for surviving all of the injuries that they did to start the year. No doubt about it. The Pilars and the VRs and the, the Drury's and the, you know, all the guys that filled in when the starters were out, did an incredible job, had us up four games for, you know, since May, essentially. But when Lindor goes down and DeGrom goes down and they both go down pre-deadline and you don't really address either of them, that's a suspect move. But 
again, you have 51 games left. You're only two and a half games out of first place. Yeah. But Lindor and DeGrom have no timetable for return. It's your best, you know, your best all-around player, the best pitcher in baseball. And no one's hitting. And and honestly, Andy, baseball is a superstitious game. I honestly think if you're involved in baseball and you're not superstitious, I know superstition is like, it's not based in, you know, fact necessarily, but it's such a streaky game. It's such a game of, of like chemistry and vibes and long-term like good feelings. I almost think if you're, if you're not superstitious and you're involved in baseball that I think you're dumber than if you did like, like I just, I don't even trust you. And to me, I put it all on one fucking faithful decision. The goddamn return of the black jerseys announced July 15th that they would finally return. July 15th, the day that retroactively Jacob deGrom goes on the DL. July 16th, the day Francisco Lindor gets injured. The Mets are in a 35th anniversary season of of their last world championship. And they cater to millennial Mets fans by bringing back the jerseys from an era defined by failure. Two major late season collapses in the black jerseys. One ass kicking in the World Series at the hands of our crosstown rivals. And I I know Mets fans are going to hate me when I say this. The two players that were the defining players of the Mets era, Jose Reyes and David Wright, both, in my opinion, pseudo busts slash disappointing players for the Mets. I know they're beloved players. What about Piazza? You're not going to put Piazza in that? Piazza was in that, but like we acquire Piazza. He's great. He's at the beginning of that. He runs into it, but like the guys who were the face of the entire run, disappointing players, if you ask me. I mean, the idea that you have a, a, an era of Mets baseball defined by failure. And you're throwing back to that in a 35th anniversary, get the fat piping pinstripe V neck 86 jerseys. Remember when we won shit. Now we're bringing back collapse season jerseys and we immediately start collapsing. If you don't believe in baseball superstition, I don't fucking trust you. Season's over, Andy. Wow. There's no moves left to make. We're not hitting. Holes throughout the lineup. Manager questionable, even though he did great things. But like, I'm not, and I'm not here to say fire the manager. I'm really not. There's nothing. I, I don't think there's anything to do when the majority of your team gets hurt. I said throughout the beginning of the season, the longer the Mets are in first place, people were hammering Francisco Lindor early. And I said, the longer the Mets are in first place with Francisco Lindor hitting 150, the better our chances of winning the division because he's going to hit 240 on the year. 
So that means if he hits 150 for four months, he's going to hit 300 for four months. And the bottom line is he's out. DeGrom's out. Tawan Walker is not the same player post spin rate adjustment for fucking spider tack. He's pitched more innings this year than he's pitched in like four seasons. Starting pitching depth is a problem. Uh, Guys are hurt and they curse themselves with the black jerseys. To appease who? Millennial Mets fans. If you weren't born in 86, your opinion doesn't matter. Well, uh, you know, I'll, I'll stick by what I said about a lot can happen in 50 games, as we know. Listen, I can't wait to be wrong, but getting swept this week, losing two of three to the Phillies this weekend would have been one thing. Getting Going into that series up a half game and getting swept and leaving down two and a half games really showed me absolutely that this team is is lost. And... The, the the end of the series is Zach Wheeler shoving it up your ass. Fucking, you know, Charlie Sheen in Major League style. Oh, you may not like me now, but every time I see you, I'm going to shove it up your motherfucking ass. The guy is the epitome of Mets front office failure. Fucking penny pinching. You let him go because you're penny pinching. And now he's going to win the Cy Young in the NL if fucking DeGrom's her for another two weeks. By the way, we didn't really address, speaking of Major League, how great is the legacy of that movie even more now with Cleveland's name change? Well, I mean, I think it's hard to have the legacy of that movie be greater than it was, but... I feel like it's been elevated. I feel like we need a Major League Four now with the guardians name change a, a remake of the original or an update no, no an update dude i'm so sick of remakes man i i just don't watch them yeah i, I think remaking things so lame. are ridiculous i don't mind doing a long-awaited sequel like there's no way top gun lives up to the hype top gun 2 but like, I'm excited for it. Sure. I would have been excited if five years ago or whatever that was, they put out Point Break 2, not remade Point Break where they're fucking, you know, snowmobiling and shit. And you're like, what the fuck is this? I never saw the second one. It was horrific. I heard bad things. It was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Okay. By the way, speaking of Top Gun 2. I'm just looking. November 19th release date. Yeah. Speaking of Top Gun 2, just a little sidebar for our our movie fans. I watched the Val Kilmer documentary on Amazon, and it is fucking awesome. Okay. It's funny you say that. I watched the trailer Saturday night. I was going to watch it, and I said, you know what? I'm going to go with Tombstone tonight. I'm going to watch a Val Kilmer movie that he's in. Great, great movie, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to watch that next. My brother, I had brunch with my brother yesterday, my oldest brother, Elliot. He, he just watched it too. He said it was amazing as well. It's awesome. It's so good. And I'm such a Val Kilmer fan from like, you know, obviously Top Gun and like his shit about Top Gun is amazing. Um, just like 
I mean, the whole thing is really, really great. And I already loved him, but you can't help, but you, you walk away from this, like being like, Oh, he's the fucking coolest dude ever. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to watching it. It's, and it's and so sad what you know, I, he's going through now. That's what I was going to say. It's, it's, uh, I didn't know until I watched the trailer. I had no clue what was going on with Val Kilmer. I didn't know that he needs a voice box. Yeah. I only knew that because a couple of years ago, um, he was doing this like Mark Twain live thing. And he did it one night at the Irvine Improv. And I was like, I should go to that. That would be fucking dope. And I didn't go. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to go see it. Like the net, like wherever it is, I was like, whatever happened, it was, it wasn't just as simple as like, I didn't go, like I wanted to go, but like something I couldn't for some reason. And I was like, okay, I'm going to find like the next closest place. I was like, maybe I'll go see it in like San Diego or whatever. And then he went like to some other part of the country doing it. And then like a couple weeks later, like all the dates were gone. And I was like, oh, that's weird. And then, like, I found out, oh, the dates were gone because he got really sick and he's not going to be doing it. And I was like, motherfucker. So for those unaware, he had throat cancer. And what's the procedure called that they need to do? Yeah, I'm blanking on that. Yeah, I don't know the medical term, but basically he has a voice box the rest of his life, which is. Like just even seeing in the trailer, it's tough to watch because he doesn't have like a voice box, but he has like a, you know, he has a hole that he now has to like plug with his hand to talk. And then a voice box. I don't know. Is it? Yeah, I think it's a voice box. Oh, I thought the voice box was like the fucking South Park. I was like, that's kind of how it sounds, right? Yeah. But. So basically the documentary, he over all these years was filming on set of all his movies and also just his life. And that's what the documentary is. Yeah. Is there anything about MacGruber in there? Um, They show it for like a half second, but no, he does not talk about it. Cause he, cause I know you're not a fan, but I am obviously a huge fan right. of MacGruber and he's amazing in that he really has had a great, very great career. And I think he's probably arguably one of the most underappreciated actors. Oh, for sure. For sure. One of the most underappreciated. If you go through his, his like IMDB, which I haven't done lately, but like, I don't know that he was like ever nominated for anything of like consequence at all. And that's crazy. When you think about like tombstone, when you think about the doors, when you think about, I mean, so many movies where he was just like under appreciated greatness in 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 some movies through the years. Yeah. So that's worth a watch, huh? Oh, it's really good. I literally, literally messaged him on Instagram after knowing he will never see it, but being like, hey. This is fucking amazing. Yeah. That's great. So I'm looking at his IMDb. Looks like he might have a cameo in Top Gun. I wonder if that was filmed before he had his surgery. Yeah. 
but you're right. Just a, a extremely amazing career and just a great actor. And you're right. How good is Tombstone? It's great. You know, I'd never seen it. What? I know. That's well, you, dude, that's the, honestly unbelievable. Well, I'm just being like, I haven't seen, I'm not the biggest movie guy. I just, I, I, I haven't watched dude, between coasters and skyline I mean, I and fucking scenes from fucking tombstone my i think my favorite part is where he he's doing the where he has the the cup cups yeah so great i mean he's great in that he's incredible sam elliott the whole movie i mean it just it's a it's a where is tombstone arizona nah i mean i have no idea i i've been through it i want to say it's like between phoenix and tucson Let's see here. It is. I'm looking. But kind of everything is, I guess. I don't know. So it's it's southeast of Tucson. Southeast very, of Tucson. Yeah, it's very okay. close to so the. I've been through it on my way to Nogales, probably. Yeah, well, Nogales would be on the 19. You'd have to take uh, 80. I'm looking. You'd go from like 10 to 80, which is a. State freeway, it, it's very close to the Mexican border. Man, like, 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 you know what's cool about that movie? You watch that and you think about the term Wild West and like how crazy it was back then. Like, it was basically anarchy. Yeah, it was such a newer land and everything that ha- I don't know. It's 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 pretty cool. I, I could get into more Westerns. I was thinking watching that movie. Like I'm thinking about watching some old Clint Eastwood movies. Cause that's not really my thing, but I think I could do like, if they're as good as tombstone, tombstone's a great movie. Yeah. And, and that concludes our Val, Val Kilmer. Kilmer slurping portion of the show. I fucking love that. Did you finish the Olympics? Did you watch any? I didn't watch as much as I did in the beginning. And I, you know, I got to say this year, just because I was in New York and running around so much, this is probably the least I've watched an Olympics in a long time. But I still try to, uh, pardon the pun, dive in at the end of nights in New York to the, especially the swimming. I care less about the track and field. The first week of the Olympics for me is always the big week. And the second week, all I've always fallen off. I just, care way less sure. about the track the, those are obviously the two big you know things it's like the first week's all the swimming second week's all the track um so i always fall off and this year fell off pretty hard i mean i watched the race walking since we talked about it so much well i came um, home i came home from skyline in the second half of usa france gold medal game was live right i watched it, that it was perfect yeah, but I got some rug nugs. I got some good rug nug courtesy okay. of the Wall Street Journal on okay. the Olympics, basically from the American side and the headline. And it's true. Team USA's Tokyo Olympics medal tally. Women soar, men sink. The women dominated. The women are the only reason that America got the most gold medals. Listen to this. So the U.S. finished the games with 66 medals in the women's events. Most of any nation. The women's medals made up 58.4% of Team USA's 113 overall. 
the women won 23 of the United States is 39 gold medals. It was all the women, man. The women, uh, the women dominated that, that percentage that they got of the medals is the most any nation has ever one gender has ever gotten of any side of, of the gold medals or of the, uh, where is of it? all the medals? I just read it. I think it's all the medals. Where is it? Because I was gonna say fifty. Would you say fifty-eight percent? Yeah, that's surprising that it—that's the highest. So they're they're crushing it. I did watch the women's. I watched. I actually watched a lot. I watched the beach volleyball. I stayed up late one night. The gold medal game where they beat Australia in straight sets. And then you should look up. I mean, these women are—they're like six four, six one. Yeah. Like your the one was your height. Yeah, the women were kicking ass. But uh yeah. I I, I enjoyed it. It took a little late night, little late night thing to watch. But uh did you get into the race walking? We talked so much about the power I, walking. I didn't. I got a lot of DMs about it too. Yeah. I, I didn't watch any of it. So I I was correct in the uh in the rule assumption that both uh, one foot had to be on the ground at all times. And then I was watching them and I'm like, there's more, there's something more to it than that. Cause they're walking real fucking weird. And then I looked it up and apparently your lead leg, the leg that you're stepping with has to be straight the entire time from when you put it onto the ground until your body passes over it. I was like, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? That's why they're all walking all fucking weird. So odd, man. But all I could think about was like, if Andy's watching this, he's going to like turn into a race walker. You're about the, you're about the size of all these guys. I think they should combine race walking and white walkers do like a game of Thrones combination. The white walkers race walking. What do you think about that? So you you're is this some sort of you're are you going full like Rockies fan here? You want like a racial divide? <laughs> Only white race walkers. That's By the way, the Rockies have the Rockies put out a statement, I think, yesterday. Yeah. And then put out a statement again today. <laughs> Finding their investigation has found that he was saying dinger. Our, our thorough investigation has determined that he has said, Dana. I would love to see the behind the scenes of what goes on when this stuff happens. I, people are just so terrified now. Every corporation is just walking on eggshells. I, I, I've come to the conclusion. I think the best way to handle stuff, well, they couldn't do this, but if you're an individual is just ignore it. Act like it didn't happen. I mean, I was sus I was suspect of the story to begin with. When you hear it, when you just when you heard the clip, you're like, "Oh shit, that's bad." But all I could think of was like, and I said this to you before, I have absolutely no, no faith in humanity anymore. None. None. I think that the majority of people at this point, I could do without. We are it's a cesspool of fucking bad folks at this point. But I just couldn't believe that 
somebody would be able to do that at a ballpark with not one person in their section saying, fuck you. It was that guy right there. He's a racist piece of shit. So immediately I was like, "Mm, I don't know. Was it a fucking, you know, Tourette's freak out? Was somebody saying something and it was misheard? So I was suspect of the story to begin with. But, you know, hot take internet culture. People are like, this is where we move the all-star game. <laughs> well, it's it's just. It's a it's a product of a reactionary culture that we live in it that. Also suspect of the original story was the batter didn't fucking blink. Yeah, well, the video, if you watch it. He, he's looking at, he's not looking at the batter at all. Let me ask you something. This is a totally serious question. And I can't think of anything worse than being at a ballpark and yelling the N-word at a player. But dare I say that this story actually made me realize that there is something worse being a full on adult screaming across the stadium at the top of your lungs to try to get the attention of a baseball mascot. What put the guy in jail for that? That's pretty pathetic. Could you imagine being across the diamond from dinger, the Rockies mascot and desperately needing his attention as an adult male. What the fuck do you need, bro? Put the guy in jail for that. Yeah. And I'm watching the video again right now. Fucking bro. Relax. Hold on. I'm a player. That guy's a serial killer. By the way, I love how we said we probably weren't going to talk about this. And here we are. So he's in prime seats. Yeah. And he's a thousand dollars to sit front row at the Rockies game and scream bloody murder to try to get the mascots attention for Dinger. Now, just follow that guy home and solve 20 unsolved murders in the Denver area. The heads are in his freezer. That guy is a murderer. I'm going to play it again. God, it's really close. (laughs) I mean, it really does sound like he's saying the N-word. I mean, because where's the N in Dinger? Yeah. I think he's so excited. He's just, or was it a Freudian slip? Yeah. Or maybe he's trying to get the attention of the batter to get the attention of Dinger for him, which would be really reckless. But if you look at the video, he's not even looking at the bat. He he is looking. He's facing the mascot. And that's another question. Listen, I, again, I say arrest this guy for desperately needing the mascot so much. Why? Why is it a mascot named Dinger? It's kind of a lame. It's like a home run. I know, but it's. Eh. 
Dinger. Don't you have like Lucy the Red or something like that? That's the prostitute. No, we <laughs> we have we have Mr. Red. Right. And then I think because of equality or God knows whatever, the, the recent addition in the last five or six years, I could be wrong, it could be longer, but it's not that old. Rosie the Red. Rosie. <laughs> Although I don't know, she might be non-binary. I don't. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to assume Rosie or Mister Red's, yeah, gender identity, because that would be very offensive. Cut to Andy two weeks from now, being like Rosie, <laughs> Rosie, get over here. Not not if I'm on edibles. I'm. I am. I am not yelling. I am calm i i th- there was a very obnoxious girl in back of us at the game and i i didn't approve of her language to be honest especially when i was stoned i thought she was being very loose with some of the language in a, in a family section as you know I, I i don't condone that not not at a ballpark clean it up people know your audience but the rockies didn't actually release a second statement they just retweeted what a reporter said where they found out that he was not dropping the slur, which is kind of, which is kind of interesting because it's like they release a statement that they're appalled, but now they don't quote tweet that and say, okay, we found out he was yelling at dinger. Well, I only know because the Atlantic gave me an update three minutes ago. Rocky's investigation finds no racial slur towards Marlon's Lewis Brinson source. A source told The Athletic on Monday. However, the investigation also found that this guy will be locked up because they found dead bodies of former mascots in his basement. This poor guy, they went to talk to him about it. They were like, hey, we're just making sure you weren't saying the N-word. And he's like, please don't come in. (laughs) Like, what is that? What is that back there? Is that a collection of human heads? Fuck. I did not think this is how I would get caught. I really regret screaming bloody murder at the mascot now that you guys are here. Sir, did you drop a thousand dollars on seats to harass our mascot? You didn't even watch the game. What if he's a he started getting suspicious that he was a murderer when he was alone at a ballpark in the front row yelling for the mascot? What if he's a Furby, man? What if he's into that? Isn't that what Furbies are? Like they're into sexual furries. Furbies are a toy. Why do I always say Furby? I used to have a joke about furries because like, you know, the thing was like when, you know, when people talk about like how they like, knew they were gay. I know this joke is funny. <laughs> I never did. I did it like four times. So like people always tell the story of like how they knew they were gay. They were like, I was a kid and you know, yeah. I was like hanging class. out with my buddy and yeah. like, I, I, you know, I got a boner and like, yeah. you know, it's like, I was, and then I realized like I'm attracted to guys. It's like, w- w- how do furries figure it out? They're just like at the ballpark with their dad, six years old at their first game, the Mariner moose comes by and they just get rock hard. And they're just like, I want to fuck that moose. <laughs> I, I, dude, to me that's a hilarious joke. I think, I think I want to fuck that moose. Oh, man. I think I might be a furry. Yeah, I'll tell you what, the, the dad fucking years later when the kid's 13 just comes in, finds him jacking off to the San Diego chicken. 
What was it? What did Milwaukee do? The barrel race where they got all the mascots together. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's like an orgy out there on the, the field. The kid's like, Dad, can we go to the All Star game? How do you want to go to the All Star game? It's just all right. It's just like, all the different teams. Can we go to Fan Fest? Yeah, but why are you bringing fucking lube with you? <laughs> yeah, do we know that guy wasn't uh, trying to pleasure himself while he was yelling for Dinger? Do we know where his hands are in that video? There's a lot of questions. I bet I bet the Furries love the Philly Fanatic. I would love to oh, see yeah. like the Furries top five sports mascots that turn them on. So what do Furries do? When, 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 do I know we've, we've talked about this multiple times in the show, but when they get together... We're getting canceled for King Shaming. Cancel, 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 cancel. So if they do... I, have a, I love that term. That's a hilarious new, just made up bullshit term, kink shaming. I, it, it's absurd. like no one's shaming anyone. We're laughing about it. I have things that I'm into that's probably you can laugh at. Just, you know, you know, that's the through line in all this. People can't laugh at themselves anymore. They can't see how ridiculous they sound. I'm a grown man and I did a triple header on Friday. That's ridiculous. It's funny. But seriously, don't kink shame me for my triple header. So back to my point, I wonder like what the mascots are that they really are into. And now sexually, are they wearing the mask? Are, are they just dry humping? Like, what I are think they? So. I think they're just dry humping. I can't say for sure, though. I need to go to a furry convention. The new generation of furries, kids today, like. Oh, you know, we were watching the Super Bowl. I was a big sports fan, hanging out with my dad. Then the masked singer came on. <laughs> I started getting sweaty. I had to leave the room. Oh, yeah. The masked singer is like, that's like porn TV. Yeah. Well, and some sad news. This is the great natural segue. Rest in peace, Bobby Bowden. Oh, yeah. Florida State football legend. I mean, for you and I, he had an insane run there in the middle. I'm going to bring that up, dude. For for guys like you and I, who who are, you know, older than probably a lot of our listeners. I mean, his run, I don't think people understand how good every year, the consistency. Now it's not a Bama run as far as titles. He only won two, but listen to this run. His first year as the head coach, Florida State went five and six. That was his only losing. What, what year was that? 76. Yeah. That was his only losing season in 34 years. In 77, the next year after his first year, they got their first bowl invitation and they made 28 consecutive bowls. But this is the streak that's wild for 14 straight seasons. From what year to what year? What ended in 2000. So we'll say 86. Okay. Okay, 86 to 2000. Florida State won at least 10 games and finished ranked in the top five of the AP poll. For That's four- crazy. That's insane. And they played less games than they do now. Yeah. But so just won- the top five every year. Like, even if you win 10 games, the idea that you, every year, your top five is bananas. And that, again, that's what we grew up with from 86 through 2000. They were always, if you finish in the top five, you are basically in the title hunt 
And obviously there was no playoffs and they only won two titles in those 14 years, but top five for 14 straight years. I don't like, I'm assuming Bama's done that in the last 14 years, but to be honest, every year been in the top five. That's what I'm saying. But to be honest, I I don't don't know. know. And the amount of talent they had and that they put into the NFL, they were basically a minor league farm system for pro football. 91. His, his story is pretty wild too. I didn't know this until I started reading more on his uh, biography. So he wanted to go to Alabama but he couldn't because he could read. (laughs) (laughs) He, no, what was it? What was it? It was so interesting. Yeah. So he wanted to go to Bama because he's from Birmingham. And uh, at the time, Bama's policy, listen to this policy, listen to how crazy the sports world used to be. This is wild. He was going to go there to be quarterback. He was that good. But at the time, their policy was freshmen couldn't get married. (laughs) What? And he really wanted to marry his high school sweetheart. What? Dude, this is the truth. The double. That's a double whammy. They were like, freshmen can't get married. But he really wanted to get married as a freshman in college. So he walked away from Bama because he knew if he married his high school sweetheart, he was not allowed to play on the team. So then he went to Howard College, a smaller school, which is now Samford University, where he played football, also baseball and track. So he was obviously a great athlete. That is wild. I love that that was Bama's stance back then. Yeah. Like in the 40s. That you couldn't be married as a freshman. Now they didn't didn't have time. They didn't have time then to vet whether or not you guys were related. I was, ah, you beat me to it. You beat me to it. I was just about to make a incest cousin joke or they didn't have time to make sure you were related. Yeah. Well, he was awesome. And let's look at the program. I know, I know we kind of fell off towards the end, but that happens when you're there that long. Look at Florida state since he left. They've yeah. been a, a debacle. So I mean, they've won a title, right? Oh, yeah. That's right. It's true. How could I forget the Jameis year? Yeah. How could you forget? So rest in peace, Bobby Bowden. The more NFL news, Forbes released the highest or the franchise values for all NFL teams, Ooh. I should say. It's crazy to see how much they're worth now. Cowboys are worth $6.5 billion, Prano. That's bananas. Patriots coming at number two, worth $5 billion. Your Giants, three, $4.85 billion. This is so I had, I was about to say in my head, those are the top three. And then I was like, it gets dicey. Like, do we go, is the next thing like a, a Rams? Yeah. Okay. $4.8 billion. And then, like, uh, 
Niners? Washington. Okay, right. Washington's always up there for some. Niners are six. Okay. Seven would be the Bears. Eight Jets. Nine Eagles. Ten Broncos. Okay. Now your bottom. Your last. See if you can guess the last three. The Jags. The last three. No. The Bengals. Close. Bengals are 31st. Who's 32nd? Oh, okay. So who is dead last? I'm, I mean, I, I'm trying to think of like old stadiums because I feel like that's yeah, important. It is important. Um, I'll give you a hint. They're good right now. The Browns? No, Bills are 32nd. Bills. Okay. So you're, Yeah, that makes sense. Small. So Bills, Bengals. And then 30th. Who's 30th? Old stadium, right? Well, it's not that. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's not the Jags. No, it's another Carolina. Team. No, I don't know. Who is it? Detroit. Detroit. Wow. So Detroit's Surprise. 30th. The Browns are 29th. Titans 28th. Jags are actually 26th. But here's the crazy part. The Bills and the Bengals are both valued at more than $2.2 billion. Right. As the least valuable franchises. It's all about the TV deals. I mean, it's, it's, I, 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 I don't, I can't reiterate this enough guys. They don't need to sell seats. Like that's always the joke in Cincinnati. Not a single person could show up to a Bengals game. It doesn't matter. Not a single person. And they don't have to watch it on TV either. Like ratings don't matter. Seats don't matter. The only thing that matters is the actual, like 10 year contract that the NFL signs with whoever. I mean, it's true. So, and, and obviously, like I said, the reason I went with the teams I went with at the top is then the, also those stadium values. Yeah. Like there's no way the Rams were valued that much when they were in St. Louis. Sure. There's no way the Rams were valued that much three years ago when they didn't have a stadium built. But now you have, this real estate, a big thing, like, I mean, it's it, it, like, I, I don't know. I, I'm still on words. People can't, I can't reiterate this enough. It's all about the TV deals, which again, in a sense, we've said this for a while now, like the ratings is kind of insignificant because, okay, take this year. Well, the, the NFL, like, I mean, they care about the ratings, but like they're, it's, it's like real estate. They're, they're yeah. TV deal. Isn't getting smaller next time ever. No. And that's what I'm looking at. So each team is going to make $220 million this year off the TV deals, each team by 2032 in 11 years, each team will make 377 million. So the idea that you're going to make 377 million no matter how your team does basically provided you your operating costs can be offset by how many people go to the games sure like if all you do is break even on your operating costs by selling tickets and parking and concessions you'll make 300 you'll make 1 billion dollars in the next 3 years well, that starts in 2030. Right. But give or take, you're going to make yeah. what? What is it right now? 
220 million. Right. Next, Rec- next year it jumps up to next right. year it jumps to 249. Year yeah. after that, so 264. Make, yeah. So but, you're gonna but, make in the next four years, you'll make a billion dollars. And here's the thing that the NFL has done is they've they've diversified their portfolios with their teams. So they're now investing in other companies. So all 32 teams have equity investments in the following things, fanatics. So like the sports merchandise. Yeah. Every NFL team has a chunk of that. Skills, which is mobile gaming. Genius Sports, which is a sports data and technology system. So all these different things. And they list a bunch of other various products or companies that so the NFL is 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 also taking their money and they're putting it into products. I lost you there for a minute. Did you lose me? Yeah. But you're back. Okay. Anyway, the the point is, man, you're just you're just the return you're gonna get. If you bought a team, guess what Jerry Jones bought the Cowboys for? In $250 million. Not even close. That's what's crazy about this. Less? Way less. $100 million. I'm sorry, this is 1984. Or no, I don't know when he bought them. No, this is it. Okay, sorry. So this, this, so this, this was the tweet I saw from Darren Ravel. Trump passed on buying the Cowboys in 84 for 50 million. The art of the deal. <laughs> he said he felt sorry for the poor guy who's going to buy the team. A sucker, loser, losers. What a sucker the guy is who buys this franchise. America's team? I don't think so. I'm America's team. Where I am, that's the team America's going to root for. Yeah, that's one he missed big time. <laughs> big time. Now valued at $6.5 billion. Oh, man. Instead, I've, you know, I was going to buy it, but instead I've decided to turn Atlantic City into the Taj Mahal. <laughs> They've since blown up that casino <laughs> and, the, and the Cowboys are worth six and a half million dollars, six and a half billion dollars. Well, it's crazy because Jerry Jones now, you know, he's got all those other. Th- so Jerry Jones paid 150 million in 89, five years later, which is still nothing. Absolutely nothing. Congrats to the new Hall of Fame inductees. Did you watch any of those? I watched some clips. Great class. I watched the Peyton Manning one. I watched part of the John Lynch one. I heard Edger and James speech was good. I haven't watched it yet. Um, but Peyton, you know, a lot of talk. I don't know if you saw the internet booming with this, that part of Peyton's uh, whole vibe with the speech and, you know, the, the, for the future of football rap that he did was, Peyton Manning for commish. Let Peyton commish. That'd be great, man. Be fucking amazing. We'd lose him on Monday Night Football, though. 
No, yeah, that would that would suck. But you know, for the future of football. Also, who says he can't commission and broadcast? Pete Rose was managing, playing, and gambling on games. We got a call about that. We're going to get to actually. Pete Rose. Yeah. Great. Nice segue by me. I mean, you didn't even know. You didn't even know. No, I absolutely didn't. Yeah, great class. I like that. I didn't know about that. I didn't see it. I didn't follow enough closely on social. I like a former player because then he's going to get the respect from the current players and the future players. I don't know how much the current players respect Roger Goodell. No, I don't think they respect him at all. Also, I mean, if I'm paid man, I wouldn't even want the job. There's no way. It's a tough gig. It's a tough gig for sure. You're it's a just thankless a gig. Of bunch of a bunch of psycho owners. You're beloved. Yeah. You're rich. Yeah. You're right. You'd be putting yourself in a tough spot, being responsible for difficult decisions and constant criticism. It's not a gig I want. I want to be the replay official in New York. <laughs> I thought you wanted to do away with replay entirely. I do. Let's just let it happen, baby. Let it happen. I mean, replay is everywhere now. You watch the Olympics. It's everywhere. They're replaying Sam Volleyball. I think we need it in our personal lives. I wonder how many relationships would end if you had replay. That's a great question. Didn't Key and Peele do a sketch on that? I don't know. Did they? I don't, I've, 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 I've seen like eight Key and Peele sketches. It's a pretty good show, man. The sketches I've seen, the sketches people shared that I saw were great. I never yeah. like sat down and watched it. I was watching when I was in Milwaukee. I was watching... Uh, What's his name? He's got that. He's got the second season out on. God, it's great if you're stoned on Netflix. Um, Eric, or is it Tim? What's the uh, God? What, what is his name? He was on SNL for like one season. Tim Meadows? No, white dude. Why am I forgetting his name? It's not your comedy. I have no idea what you're talking about. So. Tim Robinson's show. Tim Robinson? Yeah. There, there was a person named Tim Robinson on SNL. You've never seen his? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know nothing about what you're talking about. It, it's like that out there sketch comedy. You never watched it? No idea. They're short. I haven't watched watch anything on Netflix in I don't know how long. Yeah. They're short, quick hitters. I literally don't know the last thing I watched on Netflix. I never watch Netflix these days. Big into Ted Lasso. Season two's out. Yeah, I got to watch that. Big into Dave. Season two's out. So it's called I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson. I mean, they're, they're out. Like, if you're, you got to be pretty baked. You don't have to be. But, like, if you're really baked, <laughs> it's Guy and Couch and I were watching them. Um, when we come home and we just would laugh and laugh because there's so, 
Like they're so ridiculous. But it's more of the comedy that you're not into. I don't watch a ton of comedy in general. So, but like, but like, you know, I like some of the gag stuff or just, you know, like, like here's one of the sketches. Here's a prime example. Chick walks in and she says, Oh, you know, we got to do the meeting now at the office. And he's like, What about lunch? I don't get to eat lunch. She's like, Dude, just push your lunch an hour. So he goes into the boardroom in the office meeting and he's hiding a sandwich in his sleeve and he keeps eating the sandwich. And they're like, dude, you're eating a sandwich. Like, that's the type of sketches that you get where I'm laughing. <laughs> Look at me, I'm laughing, thinking about it, where he's just nibbling on. He's like, I'm not eating a sandwich. Like, we see you eating a sandwich. It's that type of stuff. That's not your cup of tea. No. <laughs> but see, I can find the hue. Like, that stuff makes me laugh, just like a Chappelle show sketch would make me laugh or can't feel. Anyway. Let's get to uh, let's get to some calls. I just referenced let's do it. it. We'll, we'll do the Pete Rose one first. I just referenced okay. it. Okay. Hey, Joe Andy, this is uh, Fat Jason Kidd. Just calling in to ask about the Pete Rose situation. I know previously you said that you wanted Pete Rose into the Baseball Hall of Fame, but given the fact that while he was just like betting on his own team the fact that he could manage his bullpen one way or the other to try and win himself some money kind of makes it problematic, even though it was just betting on his own team. So interested to see what you think uh, about that concept of him potentially just managing the bullpen and trying to put his team in situations to win more of the games that he bet on versus every game. All right. There's nothing new here. Like Rose always bet on his team to win. I mean, we don't know shit. Right? Okay. Like, that, like, let's just. Well, well the findings. Right. But let's just agree. If Pete Rose was betting on baseball, like, I'm not leading anything out of the. Was he betting overs? You know? Oh, I was always bet. I never bet on us to lose. Uh, maybe, you know. But the, the, the fact of the matter is, Pete Rose should be in the Baseball Hall of Fame because don't let him fucking coach or manage anymore. But he has the most hits ever. So what the fuck are we talking about? What is it? Take his managerial career out of it. He's still a Hall of Famer. Take it like the idea that we're like that we're punishing Pete Rose 30 years later. Dude, you banned him from baseball. You took away his livelihood. He should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. There's murderers in the Hall of Fame. Sure. There's racists in the Hall of Fame. You want to hear something crazy? Speaking of Pete Rose, I I saw this stat the other day. I was talking about the Reds game. In the 70s, six out of the 10 MVPs went to Reds. How crazy is that? Mm -hmm. Morgan, Morgan had two, Bench had two, Foster had one, and Rose had one. Yeah, I wonder if that's ever been done before in a decade that six have gone to one team. No way. Or may, and you know, maybe back in the day, not certainly not as late as that. And then also the idea that six went to them for across that many different players. Yeah. Across four different players. 
It's wild. All right. Here's a one. Here's a call that crosses over New York and and uh, Ohio. This is I like this call. Okay. Hi, Joe and Andy. This is Nick Alessandro, formerly of Ann Arbor, Michigan, but now living in the uh, the tri-state area. Beautiful nutmeg state in Connecticut. And um, I have a quick question for you guys. So, Andy, as an Ohioan, and Joe as a New Yorker, I don't know if you guys saw it recently, but Ohio started doing a marketing campaign uh, in New York City to try and draw people to Ohio. So they're putting up a lot of uh, clever billboards around the city to try and get people to Ohio. So, for example... Um, one of the billboards says, your buildings are taller, but our taxes are smaller. Um, and I wanted to get your opinion on that. I Personally, I think it's cool that the, you know, the, the nice uh, Midwest is biting back a little bit. And I just kind of want to see what um, you guys have to think or, or what you guys have to say as a New Yorker and then as an Ohioan. So, yeah, as always, thanks for taking my call. Keep up the good work and have a good one. See ya. This is a great call because it reminds me of something. I swear to God, I saw one of these billboards. Not that I don't know what I forget what it said, but I saw one of these posters when I was in New York. I thought it was like a fucking Netflix sketch comedy ad or something like that. Yeah, I, I almost I was if I hadn't been in a rush, I was like, I'm going to take a picture of this and send it to Ruther. And then I was like, oh, I don't want to get duped. Andy's going to write me back like, oh, that's an Eric Andre fucking bit or something like that. I didn't. I saw it and I I was I saw it. I recognized it. I might it might have been in JFK might have been like when I was first getting off the plane and I was like, oh, that's like that's not real. That's how I took it. So, So I'm looking. So I'm looking. I did some research after I heard this call. I didn't know about any of this for the record. So Ohio has now put $25 million into a campaign across the country. So these are some of the billboards. In Seattle, an Ohio billboard says, live where you can actually save for a rainy day. There's one in Boston near Fenway. It says 0% corporate tax. this ta- whole town in your rear view. Yeah. <laughs> 0% corporate tax. That's the ticket. Obviously playing off the, the ticket for the game. Uh, in Times Square... One uh, says people should search for cost of living in Ohio versus New York City. So th- they're so they have billboards in Chicago, San Francisco, Austin, D.C., New York, Seattle. So they're basically what I they're trying. That their big selling point is it's cheaper here. Well, that's obviously a huge selling point. So, so th- I mean, the main one they were trying to get people. So what they're basically trying to do, as I skim through the article, is obviously a lot of people are. Moving out of big cities with COVID and, you know, that's just a fact. So they're just trying to capitalize on that. Um, And, uh, you know, I I think a more effective billboard would be you on a roller coaster in a Reds hat with a bowl of chili screaming quality of life. Quality of life. I like it. Hey, man, make me how many other states in the union can you hit a baseball game, a roller coaster, and a cheese coney in one day? Ohio, there's room for you. (laughs) Hashtag quality of life. Plenty of room. Yeah, poor, poor Cincinnati. I was, I was looking like 
Cincinnati used to be such a big city, even in like the seventies, like the population dip is just, but I, th- I think things are changing in our country in general, whether that's, I don't think you're, you know, I see what they're trying to do, but I, from what I've read, most people who are leaving, let's say in New York, they're I going don't, to some sort of Connecticut right, or New Jersey. They're, they're like, not they're, And they're also going to like, vacation destination yeah i i just you know i get it. i mean look there can be the arguments New Yorkers made. moving to the hamptons so the jersey shore or you know the catskills yeah like i know people who left la to move a couple hours inland because they get palm springs riverside yeah more bang for their buck so it's just, look it's it's whatever you want at the end of the day no corporate taxes and Applebee's, Ohio. I'm telling you, there there aren't there aren't many Applebee's, man, around where oh, yeah. I live. By the way, you know, you know my whole joke about Applebee's and like the fucking shitty parts of our country. You know, there's a song about going to Applebee's. There's like a country song that's like fucking on the charts. That's like Friday night at Applebee's. Like it's in the song. It's I didn't know the, about that. It's the lead fucking like. It's the first line in the song or the first line of the chorus. Well, let's let's do another Cincinnati call because this this is a great segue into this call, which I did not know about this as well. What's going on, Ruther and Prano? It is Stolby from Cincinnati. Um, this call is mainly for Ruther. Um, I just I hate to be the bearer of bad news. It, this sucks, man. Um, I just heard on the radio that somebody had just became over this last weekend the one millionth person to ride O'Brien to Giga Coaster. I, I can only imagine how bad Andy wanted that to happen. He's probably camping out there for two or three days, counting every single person that comes through with a little clicker, like he's a baseball coach counting pitches. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry you didn't do it. But fear none, I'm not going anywhere else to listen to you guys, even though you didn't do it, Ruther. Sucks. Stay dirty, boys. I was not aware they were doing a thing or they were keeping track who would be the millionth rider on Orion. Ironically, I was there this weekend. I was there Friday, and we didn't do it. You didn't do Orion? I haven't done it yet. You've never done it? No, it's, it's brand new. Why haven't you done it? Well, I've... Because when I've gone, my niece hasn't been ready to do it. And I'm with my brother. Dude, I'm not going solo. I'm not, I'm not leaving the family. I know you keep joking about it. I'm not walking away from the family to do it solo. I'm not, I'm not at that stage. Really? Dude, my, I, I, went, I don't even fucking care about any of this shit. I went to, I went to fucking Disneyland with my brother and his kids and his wife. And we left his kid and his wife, his pregnant wife together so we could hit like, you know, yeah, you went with him. That's my that's what I'm saying is. So if I go with my brother, I've gone twice with my brother, his wife and his three kids. Yes. Why don't you leave his three kids with his wife and go with your brother or vice versa? Well, it just hasn't happened yet. Now, have we made plans for possibly going tomorrow night? Me and him solo the last couple hours. The park is open to hit Orion. Okay. Yeah, we've we've made possible plans to do that. But I haven't gone yet. 
I haven't done the Giga Coaster. That's that's next on the bucket list. I did see a guy the sounds other day. Like some, sounds like the fucking guy on, a, on Family Guy. The Giga Giga Coaster. I saw a guy the other day in line. He was wearing a shirt. It said, I rode them all. And on the back of the front said, I rode them all on the back. It had every roller coaster at Kings Island and that he had ridden them all. <laughs> am, am I am I that guy? When, they, when the uh, when the investigator showed up at the Rockies guy's house, he had a T-shirt that said, I rode them all. And it was just the names of the bodies that were in his closet. <laughs> Sally, Tina, Daniel, I rode them all. <laughs> he was gonna fuck dinger that's what he's gonna do oh i feel like we have to title something with dinger in this episode these are not the dingers you're looking for <laughs> i don't know what does this have to do with star wars <laughs> i don't know man all right one last call What's going on, boys? Kyle Arnofsky calling back once again from beautiful Tom's River, New Jersey, home of the 1998 Little League World Series champions. Just got to keep you guys posted that um, the 2021 Tom's River East Little League team has won the state tournament and is headed to the regional tournament in, I believe, Connecticut. And then if they win that, I think then they go to Cooperstown, or not Cooperstown, wherever the fuck the Little League World Williams Series played in Pennsylvania. Um, they should be in Cooperstown. And uh, so we might have to change the intro in a couple of weeks, boys. Um, Todd Frazier's nephew is also on the team. So um, I'm wondering, what are your guys' favorite childhood uh, sports memories for teams that you played on? Um, you know, not not high school. I'm talking like, like kid shit, 12 years old. Uh, you have any good teams when you were a kid like that? Um, that is it. Some corrections. Latinx, Latinx, whatever, is not like for the personal name. It's for like the group. So if, you know, someone's talking about the Latino community, that's how the, the whites made up that term. Um, oh, and the Yankees won the World Series in 2009. They probably cheated, but it was not 2010 or 2008, as you guys uh, thought. Originally. We were right around that's it, though. Condoms are for the Yankees. Well, well, was yeah. Well, let me address a few. Well, first of all, I thought we, we knew the Latinx was for the whole group. I thought we said that. I don't know. I don't, I, nor do I really care. Yeah. But I appreciate I appreciate uh, fucking Kyle, Tony Reale, Aronofsky with the fucking <laughs> corrections. By the way, I was texting with uh, Jesus, Jesus yeah. about it. This is pretty funny about Latinx. And uh, he said, uh, he said, my mom, I'm going to read his DM. My mom was just in Mexico for like four months. And when she got back, the first thing I asked her was if she heard anyone using Latinx in a conversation. She gave me the most confused look I've ever seen and just said, K, <laughs> which means what in Spanish? Like, that's so funny. Like, that's prime example. Um, update on Tom's River Little League. They, yeah. They've Since that call, they've won. They've now advanced to the Mid-Atlantic Regional Opener. Or no, they won that game. So they play... They play... Yeah, if they win the next game, the winner of the regional advances to Williamsport. So one, they were, they're one win away from Williamsport. I think. Okay. Yeah, I'm just skimming through this article in the New York Post about them. Yeah, it's 
Todd Frazier's nephew, Carson Frazier. Carson Frazier. So he wants to know our memories. I, you know, I, who were some of your teams? The, the baseball team I always played on was called the Warriors for all my really? years. Yeah. That's amazing. I played my football team growing up was the Warriors, the ah. Midwestchester Warriors. And uh, I was going to say that is probably um, my fondest childhood team memory um, because we were awful the year I joined the team. I remember the very first game of tackle football I ever played. The other team ran back the opening kickoff. We got our ass kicked. I barely played. I got in the game. They put me at tight end. I held somebody. And then um, over the next, like, I want to say I played four years of football there, but like literally played with the same kids, the same coaches kept like going, like, as I aged up, our the, one of the kids on my team whose dad was our coach aged up, and and like four years later, we were like unbeatably dominant. We beat the shit out of everybody, like trounced people. It was like truly like being a freshman and then being a senior and like totally changing the program. But it was from like nine to thirteen. <laughs> yeah, my my best memories are basketball. So my grade school team, you know, I went to a Catholic school. And we were in the CYO, which is the Catholic Youth Organization. That was our league. We were always really good. Like we were good. My high school won Division One state basketball. I think they went twenty-five and two. And from my eighth grade team, I want to say, or from my grade school teams, four guys in the state team. Like that's how good. Think about my grade school. Four guys from my grade school teams were on this Division One state winning team. So they were really good. But anyway, I have a great memory. I grew up in the East side, which is kind of the knock on the East side of Cincinnati is you're not as tough as the West siders. And most Cincinnatians would agree. Like my dad's from the West side. So like, we're not as tough. We're not as hard nosed, you know, little wealthier areas in the East side. Anyway, we're playing a team from the West side, St. Dominic, which again has kind of the rough and tumble. Like they serve beer at grade school games. This is the type of, team we're playing I don't, I don't i don't think that's is that normal i don't know yeah so anyway we're playing them at this gym called saint mary's this small gym and th these guys were just savages we're in the i think it was the seventh or eighth grade and they're just hacking the shit out of us so we're playing on the east side in an east side gym and they didn't like the discrepancy of the foul calls middle of the game they just walk out like the parents, the, it, it was like a uniformed boycott of we're getting favoritism because we're playing them on the east side. And it was literally like an east side, west side thing. And they, they grab their bags and tell their kids to throw back on, you know, their, their warm up outfits. And we're beating them. We came back. We were losing because they're fouling us nonstop. We're hitting a lot of free throws. And they just walk out of the gym. Sore losers. Oh, it's, it's a... It's a terrible lesson to teach kids, especially, you know, at that age where you're 12, 13, where you're definitely aware of the lessons you're learning. And ironically, a bunch of guys hoisted the trophy, went to Applebee's and the fucking <laughs> the, the newspaper article about it still hangs on the wall there. 
No, we probably went to Zips, which is a, a good local cheeseburger place where there's a train track that goes around the top. You know, a little, little cool thing. Train Get, track. Yeah, there's like a like a toy train it delivers that goes, burgers. No, but it goes around like the top of the bar restaurant. Got a zip burger. That's what they're called, zip burgers. Yeah. You know, Even good in the neighborhood. Well, well, the the irony is a lot of those kids from that team went to my high school from the other team. And did you guys talk about it all the time? Like, you remember when you motherfuckers walked out? Well, and, and a lot of those guys were stud athletes on the football and basketball teams. Yeah. So, I mean, my, my dad used to always make jokes about that. Like, you guys are soft because you're not, you're not from the West Side. And then he would throw up gang symbols. I'm like, wait, what was it now? He didn't do that. All right. Those are our calls today. 310-359-8365. Drop us a line. If you have any knowledge of anyone who's a furry, I want to get some info on furries. I want to know about anyone who has a kink fetish with sports mascots <laughs> dinger joe prano show me your dinger <laughs> uh follow me on all social media at joe prano or twitter at fix your life uh, a couple plugs uh, for those of you guys who followed me on Instagram. Stickers are going out. Thanks for DMing me your addresses. Uh, I will be uh, doing some shows here in Los Angeles this week. Westside Comedy Theater on Thursday. Um, I am adding, oh, not official official, but I've got, I'm circling uh, a few dates on the southeast of the United States that I might be uh, joining Eddie If on so keep following joeprano.com or my instagram so i can announce those eddie's going on a little tour i think i'm going to do some shows with him uh, might even be coming to some towns uh that there are some verified dirt balls in and uh definitely going to be in new orleans the first weekend of october october 1st and 2nd at the brand new and looking beautiful comedy house new orleans so if you're down in that area, come out. It's going to be a fantastic weekend of comedy and football giants at saints. And then it's been a few weeks since I uh, did a little charity push the walk together to end uh, child abuse and neglect. Uh, if you want to help out, I, uh, we've had a couple of dirt balls reach out to me and say that how excited they were that I talked about this uh, charity, go to endcan.org forward slash walk together there's some walks coming up in september and october um to end child abuse and neglect so please be a part of it if you want to and there's one in your area all right well that is our show everyone have a great week we'll see you in a few days and as always stay dirty <laughs>